0: (laughs) So,
1: uh, anyways, uh, we're going to be looking into the book of Mark because the Lord has allowed me to meditate upon these words as he was uh, showing me the things of 2 Corinthians. And so I'm going to be preaching from the same trend and the same flow as uh, uh, what this church has been experiencing for the past couple of months. And uh, like how Pastor Kim always teases me uh, (laughs) uh, uh, about the the people who are living in Gwangju, they are really um, sided with the the Democratic Party. And so they have a, a president that they have elected in the past, which they admire and they almost worship like uh, like an idol. And so Pastor Kim always tells me that I have to go and fight against this spirit, fight against the people who have uh, set him, him, that president, up as, uh, uh, as almost like an idol. But anyways, let's begin. But before before I'm going to share a short testimony on the progress that that has led me to go to uh, to, to Guangzhou so I'm going to share this testimony very shortly before we enter into the, the sermon of today So the first time that the, I, the first time I was sent by our church was when I was sent to uh, uh, Africa and Swaziland And while I was being trained under Pastor Kim, I always had this desire to be sent out as a missionary somewhere, whether it be Africa or India or the U.S., it didn't matter. Because I knew I was being trained to do something, to, to go out and spread the Word of God around the world. And I knew that this heart, this desire came from the Lord. But, and uh, after I After I came back from Africa, it was a good experience too. Uh, And it was during the election. Uh, And as you know, we experienced a great disappointment during the last election of Korea, uh, not Korea, but the U.S. And um, the doors of the U.S. were, uh, were seemingly shut towards us at that moment. But recently, um, Pastor Kim has been talking about going to the U.S. as well. And so that also made me excited too. But I was appointed to go to Gwangju. But before I was appointed, uh, designated to go to Gwangju, I was praying for to, to be sent to the U.S. actually. And I kept praying to the Lord because it felt like the doors of the U.S. were closed off to me and to us. And I felt like God was telling me that as soon as I prepare, I have prepared everything for you, for you there. I will open up the doors of the U.S. to you. But even after praying for years, it didn't feel like the Lord was allowing me to go to the U.S. And I was wondering when I can be prepared to do so. And when you look at the text of today. Uh, it says the Lord allows the Israelites to walk on dry land And that actually doesn't really make sense Because even, even when the, after the Lord uh, split the Red Sea before the Israelites uh, Just removing, the, the parting the water does not mean the ground itself is dry But the Lord reminded me of Psalms uh, 91 that we are under the shadows of the of the Almighty One.
0: And God reminded me that the the reason why He meant that the Israelites
1: could walk on dry land was because He will lift them up, and, and He will be under their footsteps as well. <coughs> So I realized that only when I uh, truly acknowledge the Lord's sovereignty and His dominion, and and when I'm under Him can I be sent out to uh, to, to the mission fields. And the reason why the Israelites were were able to walk on dry land was because the Lord has acknowledged them as kingly, royal beings. And uh, during the time where the pandemic was very severe, God showed me something during that period and he want he showed me he told me of his intentions to expand the ministry of the, uh, of this church and that's when Pastor Kim talked about our, our branching churches and he 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 spoke to a few locations that he wanted to set up these churches. It would be Gwangju, Gangneung, Busan, U.S. And I raised my hand as soon as uh, Pastor Kim asked for volunteers because this is something that I have been praying for for a couple of years now. And I raised my hand to go to Gangneung. Uh, He told me to go to Gwangju. Uh, It doesn't really matter. (coughs) And it was decided at that on that spot that I was to go to Gwangju. And through 2 Corinthians, the Lord taught me of His kingdom. And uh, His kingdom was revealed within me and within this church. And while, when I was looking at Pastor Kim, I always envied him because he saw the, the glory of the church. He had this grand skill that allows him to see where the Lord's will is, where his plan and where his, uh, where his strategy is pointing towards. But I wasn't able to see that kind of uh, see through his perspectives. And so that's why I've been praying for the Lord to help me to, 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 to broaden my, the, the spectrum of my faith. And that's why I desire to be, to, to be sent out as a missionary as well. And so for me to go to Gwangju did not just happen uh, on the spot, but it's something that I've been praying for, that I have been trained for for uh, a couple of years now. And so when it, when it was decided that I was to go to Gwangju to set up a church, I was filled with joy and, and excitement and so the issues that come with this process uh, does not seem so big to me because it is something that i've been waiting for for so long and uh, i will be leaving pretty fairly soon uh, probably in the month of june so there's still a little bit of time left And uh, the pastors start to kind of make fun of me and tease me at times because uh, you know how all the pastors are in the rotation for leading early morning services. And uh, they're teasing me saying that we're going to keep your name in that rotation so whenever it is your turn, you have to come up here for a week to preach every morning even after you have moved down to Gwangju. But Anyways, when we look at the main text of today, it talks about the encounter of God and His people. And it is about the two kingdoms that could not converge with one another but were, had to converge nonetheless. And Paul was somebody who had to go around to other regions that were under the, the rule of the Roman Empire at that time. And he was somebody who was willing to throw away all academic achievements and all the money and all the prestige that he has he has built up in Babylon, in the Roman Empire. And he was able to throw it away and follow the Lord. So when the Corinthian church required uh, requested Paul to show his letters of recommendations or show his background to them, it meant that that church was still under the rule, under the system of Babylon, and that's why they thought that those things were necessary when it comes to doing the work of God. But Paul is saying, Paul said to them that you are my letters, you are my witnesses, you are my proof that God has set me up as an apostle, and that's the kind of attitude that we could see throughout the book of Second Corinthians. So, what is the blessing that we have received in this church? It's something that Pastor Kim has repetitively repetitively said to us. And it is that we have the true system within us, that we are constantly listening to the Word of God.
0: And recently, Pastor
1: Kim has been emphasizing for us to to bear the cross of Jesus Christ in our lives. And that is the secret to helping us escape the grasp, escape the influence of, of Babylon. And to do that, we are to continue to continue to nail ourselves on the cross with Jesus. This is the message that has been spoken in our church for many years. And more and more people are rising up as spiritual models who are able to live this kind of lifestyle and I'm very so thankful for that so what is important for us then? Mm. in 1st John, Apostle John is talks. Uh, says that the important thing is who are you serving? who are you under? who are you and what are you doing? those are the things that are important in, uh, in the perspective of the gospel and if you're if you are obedient to the to the world to Babylon and you're under its rule, then you cannot say that you have your citizenship in heaven, because you belong to the earth, not in not to heaven. So. So I have been visiting Elder True for a while now and it was during the, the conference it was during uh, the, the conferences that I went to minister him and at that time, because he was still in the emergency room uh, people, other, no one was allowed to meet him other than uh, his direct family and so I, tricked, I went with a fake, ident, fake identity as his son-in-law so that the hospital would allow my entrance.
0: <laughs> I don't
1: know why you guys are cracking up right now.
0: So, um, I
1: said I was his son-in-law and I was allowed to enter. And right now, um, th- things are a little a little bit loosened compared to then, but back then it was still very strict and there was a lot of surveillance on us even while we were there. So I went with a very, uh, I-, I was nervous at that time. And the, the nurses and the doctors asked me, how, how did you come? And asked, how are you related to this person?
0: And uh,
1: I went with his, her, his daughter. His, his daughter. And I didn't say I was married to her. I said I was married to their first daughter, older daughter who was not who is not here. But, uh, they didn't ask more than that so uh, we were able to get out of that situation fairly quickly. But when I looked at the elder two, he was uh, very weak back then and he could barely open up barely open his eyes even when his family members aren't there. And uh, the nurse, the nurse went and whispered in his ear, saying, "Your son, your, your son-in-law is, has come to see you." And I had to play along along to the part, and so I, I told him, "Father, father-in-law, I have come to see see you." And uh, Elder his eyes widened suddenly. He opened it fully because he was so shocked and surprised that a son-in-law that he never met or never knew he had came to see him. And at, at first, uh, uh, later, well, slowly he, he recognized the situation and he went with it. But uh, even until the end of the ministry, he couldn't look me in the eyes directly. And I went there and I ministered him while laying my hands upon his head. And uh, the main doctor uh, came came to talk with me. And while I was laying my hands upon Elder uh, Chu, I... Uh, I felt this weird gaze coming from the, the main doctor because it is weird for the son-in-law to put his hand on his his father-in-law's head. And so I realized that the situation might be a little funny and that's why I moved my hand to his legs and started to pray for him there. So I, minu- I finished, finished the ministry and on my way back, I asked the Lord, what did I do wrong? Why hasn't this... Gone through so. uh, uh, Why hasn't this ministry gone, gone gone so well? And the Lord told me it is because you you have you have not totally escaped the influence of the Babylon system. And I realized that because I went to a hospital and because a hospital has its own order and its, its own principles, I naturally just fell under it, fell into that order and followed along, followed along with it. But God is saying, "No, you have to remember your identity within me. You. you are pri- priestly kings. You are the royal ones that I have sent into the world. And so, no matter where you go, you must not be integrated into that system. But you have to proclaim and and reveal my kingdom upon the place that you have stepped on." But the reason why we fall short before Babylon is because we have not fully escaped its influence yet. We have not fully uh, uh, removed all the standards of Babylon, all the system of Babylon from within us. So that was something that the Lord showed me through this experience. He, He continues to emphasize that even though you're walking on this earth, you should not live by the rules of this earth. and sometimes to prove this point uh, I would jaywalk on purpose and uh, let, uh, so kids who are listening you should not copy me because I only do this when I when I receive a clear inspiration from the Lord to do so and when I jaywalk <laughs> I'm, I'm proclaiming to the world saying I, I will not fall, fall under your your, your sovereignty, your dominion. Pastor <laughs> Kim is a great example. No matter where he goes, no matter who he meets, no matter even, even if he's going overseas and meeting with foreigners, he never loses his identity or loses this attitude that he has. Some might say he's uh, he's a bit prideful. But no, that kind of aura, that kind of attitude comes out because he knows clearly that, he, he knows for sure of his identity within the Lord as his priestly kings and as the Lord's ambassadors. And when you know for sure that you are, that you are a child of God, you will not fall under the influence of Babylon. So let's move on
0: to the main text.
1: Uh, so we're going to divide today's text into a couple, a few parts. The first part is from 17 to 19, verses 17
0: to 19.
1: And verses 20 to 20 to talk about the problems of actions. And
0: to, verse 23
1: to 31 talks about this everlasting life within the Lord. So these are the three parts that we will be looking into today.
0: So if you look at verse 17, As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him.
1: Good teacher, he asked, What must I do to inherit internal life? So one person, one character comes out in this story. when we combine all the references that were made about this story in all the, in the Gospels. He is a young adult who lives in Israel, and he was a wealthy person. When we look at this young man, even though he has such a lot of wealth, even though he had a great amount of wealth, uh, the, re- the, the very fact that he was able to fall on his knees before Jesus meant that he has listened to his gospel before somewhere. And he says to Jesus, What must I do to inherit eternal life?
0: When we listen to this,
1: there's no problem with what he's asking before I came to this church and in the church while I was attending before this I don't really think that this statement was a problem either because this everybody wants to inherit eternal life from the Lord uh, now after listening to the truth we realized that the problem that is present in this statement so in English the, uh, the, the the verb that he he uses is inherit. That he inherit he wants to inherit the eternal life like he like we inherit the kingdom of God. And the reason why there's a problem with how it is phrased is because we in Kerman it says uh, how can I receive? Gain eternal life, and the reason uh, the reason why it is a problem is because eternal life and the kingdom of God is something that we not, something that we cannot receive through our efforts. And the problem with uh, his his mindset is that he wants to inherit eternal life through his actions, and that's why he is asking, "What must I do to in- inherit inherit this eternal life?" If,
0: if you look in Matthew the,
1: uh, the words of the young adult was phrased differently and it was not teacher a good teacher what must I do to inherit eternal life but good teacher what what good deeds must I do to inherit eternal life so he's asking on the basis of uh, trying to Receive an answer from Jesus on what he can do in order to be worthy enough to receive eternal life from the Lord.
0: So he wants to know that he
1: knows he wants to know the conditions that God has set in order for people to uh, be allowed to receive this eternal life. So this young adult came to Jesus, while still, while still holding on to his own standards of what good and bad is, and that's why he, uh, that's why he calls Jesus the good teacher, because in his eyes, what and what in his eyes Jesus is is defined as a good person and a good teacher. When we look at the other verses, Jesus, or if you look at verse 18, Jesus replies with, Why do you call me good? So even in the eyes of Jesus, uh, He realizes that there's a problem with uh, this young adult's uh, statement or question. And this is a problem that we also have as well. Sometimes you may call your pastors a good pastor or a good teacher. You may look at a good person and and call them a good man. You you, You call them a good man because you see their actions, because they have done something good in your eyes. That's why you can call a person good. And why is this a problem then?
0: When we say good, uh,
1: when we exclaim something as good, behind those, those words are our own standards. The reason why we define something as good is because we have deemed it good in our own minds through the standards that are within our minds as well. And like i've said before this young dog came to jesus with his own standards still with his own standards of goodness and this goodness may be is very objective and it is very relative as well
0: is very relative as well
1: And the reason why this standard is wrong is because our own standards for goodness will change according to uh, situations, to conditions, to people, to the people that we're dealing with. Let's say, for example, my child at times will say, Daddy's bad. And when I hear that, I would get a cane and get a stick. And I would ask them, is Daddy good or Daddy bad?
0: (laughs) And
1: never once did my children fail to answer me in the right question when I have a stick in my hand. They will always say, that is good, that is a good person. So you can see how their standards of good and bad can change so uh, dramatically and drastically. That fits their situation. If somebody is good to you, then that is a good person. If somebody does something bad to you, then that is a bad person. So the standards for goodness, standard for goodness is very subjective to everybody. So in the end, it is a standard that you're holding on to. So even though it changes from, uh, from situation to situation, it is still a standard that is within you. And that standard is made by you and connected to you as a person. So ultimately, it means that you become the standard for goodness so in the eyes of this young adult Jesus was a good teacher to according to his own standards he didn't describe Jesus as a good teacher because he truly and 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 uh, fully believed that this person was objectively a good teacher because we can see that his attitude kind of changes uh, after he has listened to the rep- response of Jesus saying that you have to throw away and sell everything that you have and give to the poor and follow me. We don't know exactly how he acted after, uh, after this encounter with Jesus But I'm sure if we truly if he truly believed that Jesus was a good teacher then he would, he would have obeyed the words of Jesus and sold everything that he had and gave given it to the poor and and followed Jesus afterwards. But because he had this relative and subjective standard for goodness within himself, he couldn't follow Jesus in the end. We all have this kind of uh, subjective standard within us for goodness. And rather than following and acknowledging the standards for goodness that Jesus has given to us, we follow uh, our own standard for goodness. And that is the same result, uh, that is the same, it is the same for this young adult as well.
0: Mm.
1: And this kind of subjective uh, standard for goodness will always change according to our current situation, uh, change according to what kind of person that we're meeting. We deem a person good if that person is kind to us, he, he, he buys us nice things and, and treats us to good meals. But what if your wife uh, does not cook dinner for you that evening? Then is your wife the bad person? Likewise, our standards for this is always changes. Even though we say this is a standard for goodness, 선함의
0: 판단의 기준으로 아저 사람은 선해, 저 사람은 선해, 아저 사람도 선하지. 라고 판단하는 게 아니라 저 사람 나의 선함의 기준 선함의 때문에 저 사람은 선한데 저 사람은 선.
1: Uh, uh, even though we say it is uh, a standard for goodness, um, we're, we're, we're judging um, it, because it is a rel- relative standard. When we say somebody is good, that means we're simultaneously saying that somebody else is bad because they do not do the same kind of actions in our eyes. And when we're living by our old self, our old self is always in the midst of judging others <clears throat> Judging others and putting others down and, and, and judging whether or not they're good or bad within our own standards And at times when we're overtaken by the old self, we even start to judge the actions of God and that's when we start to question his, 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 uh, his work upon us. So what is the standard for goodness that you have to, for God? When is God good to you? Is He good to you when He answers your prayers, when He blesses you?
0: Okay.
1: So we have to see whether or not we are doing this in our relationship with the Lord. Are you judging Him according to your own standards for goodness? Why is this a problem then? Then what happens when when you when uh, when God does something bad in your eyes? What happens when He does not respond to your prayers anymore? Is He a bad God now? The reason why we have such difficulty while living in Babylon is because in a day we receive so much information and we judge ourselves and each other through this information. So uh, check yourselves to see how much information you're gaining each and every day. How much time are you spending on the internet? How much time are you reading the news? All the words that you read off the internet or all the media that you're receiving Is stored as information within you, and it's another standard for goodness that happens, or or standard for judgment within your mind.
0: And
1: uh, when information seeps into you, it will it will connect directly to your emotions, and your emotions are what causes you to act out those. act uh, act out in actions and so all the information that we are receiving and all the things that we are receiving through our eyes are being stored within our minds as information and becomes becomes uh, the standard for judgment within our minds. And who is most pleased when this happens? It is um, the devil and the evil spirits that are tormenting us are the ones that that rejoice uh, when this happens. When We naively receive everything that they they are giving to us.
0: And when this information is stored within your mind for long periods of time, it
1: becomes a stronghold. When you read the news, you can see um, people committing murder. Do you think they just kill somebody out on the spot? As an impulse? No. Murder does not happen on impulse. But um, it has to be built up for long periods of time. So that person was always judging each other, judging that person as bad and as, 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 uh, as a threat to his own being. That's why at the end, after the accumulation of all these judgments and all this information, that, that information causes us to commit a sin that is, more, that is most effective. Uh, effective to to fulfilling that kind of fulfilling that kind of uh, desire, and ultimately it can lead to murdering somebody else's life. And when we, when we look in, in the history, the people that have persecuted the Jews the most are Christians, people who believe in the Lord, people who say. They believe in Jesus, they believe that they have been saved Those are the ones that persecuted the Jews the most And the reason that they did this is because they have received the gospel as information, and 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 not allowed it to transform them. And that's why, when the Bible itself becomes information to them, it becomes a standard to judge everybody else. And in their eyes, when they see the Jews, the Jews are 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 beasts, and they are like pigs. And that's why they have to be exterminated from existence. And the Nazi soldiers who were in charge of these concentration camps, because they were filled with this information and filled with this judgment, even when they're tormenting and torturing and killing these Jews, they felt no sliver of of, of, uh, of guilt or pain as they did these horrendous actions. Because in their, in their eyes, these were not people anymore. They were beasts. They were animals. And so they had no reason to feel bad for them and another reason why our own standards for goodness is dangerous is because our standards itself is very petty and very childish at times because it is um, suited towards ourselves there is a there's a famous statement in korea saying if i do it it's romance if others do it that is adultery which means the actions that I do is fine it is fine because I'm doing it but if somebody else does that same action it is adultery, it is something wrong because ourselves, we are always exempt from our own standards of goodness I heard this before drivers have this standard of goodness so when you 're on the road when you 're driving cars that fall behind you are bad drivers because they're slow but but, but drivers who, who uh, accelerate and and, 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 and uh, race before you are bad drivers because they're not respecting the speed limit and they're reckless so that means you are the only good driver on the on the road at that moment so uh, last week was Children's Day is our right? Children's Day May the 5th.
0: Yeah,
1: I have a lot of respect for the person who created this holiday for the children of this country. Every every year we have to commemorate and, and remember this day. <laughs> So that, that was my, my opinion towards this person uh, when I was a child, without, uh, when I was younger, without kids, without a family. But now that I have a family and I have kids that I have to, I have to take care of on this day, I, I don't really like that person who made this day. Because, in my standards of goodness, My standards of goodness, uh, when I was receiving these gifts on on those days, I liked that person. I liked this holiday. But now that I have to prepare and give these gifts to my kids every year, um, I don't like that holiday anymore. Another example is... um, when you have committed two sins, uh, you may feel guilty if you have no one else to compare it to. But if somebody else has committed ten sins, then it, relatively you are, you are less of a sinner. And that, that makes it okay for you to, to, to still have these two sins within you. And even the person who has committed a hundred sins, uh, uh, if they follow the same train of thought, they are less sinful than those who have committed a thousand or a million sins. So in this way, we continue to wallow in our own wickedness and in and, and, and our own sinful nature. And that hinders us from being able to follow Jesus like this young adult. Our standards for goodness is very petty and very childish. But, but we are all, we, something that we are all deceived on is that we think ourselves as objective persons. That we think our, our reason and rationality makes us very objective in this standard. But uh, anybody other than yourself, when they see you and see the words and hear the words that you're speak, speaking, will realize that you are very petty and childish. When you have a crush on somebody, uh, your eyes are blinded from their faults and their weaknesses, and you only see their 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 uh, the good things about them. We have all experienced this before, right?
0: But our own goodness,
1: our, our own standard for goodness, is kind of the same as this.
0: When I was younger, I think I was almost demon possessed
1: in that during that period. But I thought of myself as a very uh, right person, as a very uh, objective person. And that was the period, uh, that was the time period where I was very rebellious against the church and, and, and rebellious to my parents. Because I was judging the church, say, saying, What kind of church is this? It is not the church of God. Because, because it is nothing like the church uh, that, are, that, are, that is written in the Bible. And uh, I was also rebellious against my parents during that period as well. Because I was so judgmental. Okay. And this was was when I was uh, uh, living away from my parents, when I was living in the U.S. And my parents could only come once in a while to come and visit me. And slowly, as time went by, all the things that were clouding my vision, clouding my my sense of judgment, started to be removed one by one. And I was able to realize one thing. And it's that as I was living by living with the, uh, my own standards of judgment or my own standards of goodness, I realized how I realized the amount of pain that I have given to the people that I have loved, that I have loved, to my parents, to the people around me, to the people in the church. And I, as soon as I realized that, I was, a, I was able to repent before the Lord with tears in my eyes because I felt so bad. So back then, when I was uh, in the period of rebelliousness, uh, in in today's terms, we we could say that my news was broken, my news was clouded back then. But in order for us to not become like that, we need to continue to stop our own thoughts and, and turn our direction to the Lord and continue to receive the Lord's perspective and receive His words. And we have to, we we need to always remember that we have to judge each other according to the gospel and within the Lord. Any other judgment that we we make outside of the Lord is our own thoughts, and so uh, most of the time it's going to be wrong and unjustified. And it is very important for us to stop in our in, in our steps and focus on the Lord and receive His His words. But now our church is being brought to another level. After Second Corinthians, we have learned that we have to continue to nail ourselves on the cross each and every day. And this process has become very automatic for us now because we know how to respond and and obey the Holy Spirit now. As soon as we follow the Holy Spirit, our thoughts naturally will fade away and will be filled with the thoughts of the Holy Spirit. And all we have to do is obey Him and follow His footsteps. So stopping our thoughts and, and, and trying to focus on the Lord and receiving Him is, is a good thing and it is something that we have to be trained in in the beginning of our of our spirituality but now if we do that it takes too much time and so the Lord has made this automatic for us as soon as we start to obey and follow the Holy Spirit He will do everything automatically for us and uh, our, 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 our thoughts and our own standards for, for goodness and judgment will naturally fall away and be removed. And the reason why our own standards of goodness or standards for judgment is present within our minds uh, is because we continue to be influenced by the world we are living in, by Babylon. Do you guys know the phrase YOLO? YOLO. It, is, uh, it stands for you only live once and it is a phrase that was used uh, by uh, people who wanted to experience, who, who want to live life to the fullest before. And it would be nice if it was, uh, it was made up by people who were passionate for the Lord and so they, they they, if if they meant that since you only live once for the Lord you have to pour all your might and strength and will into uh, your calling but no this yo, this phrase was made by uh, the, the, uh, the youth of the current world and since they realized they, they, that they only have one life to spare they have to uh, accumulate as, as much money and achievements in this short lifespan as possible because in their eyes, that is uh, the standard for success and the and, uh, and standard for a good life. And these kind of philosophies and, and ideologies are very deeply implanted within our minds without us being aware of it. And when you live with this kind of standard, if somebody else comes and say, "Why, why are you living like that?" Then you would immediately you would say, oh, "Don't mind your own business. I will live my life however I want to." And as you're living in the world and as you're receiving all this information and all these standards for judgment from the Babylon uh, from Babylon and when it's deeply uh, rooted within your mind it, it makes your perspective very narrow and you're unable to fully receive the scale of the Lord afterwards. The the beginning of uh, the, the Babylon system starts with mm-hmm. Cain and his descendants in Nimrod and the, the Babel top, power of Babel. And from all these stories, we can realize that uh, the root of the Babylon system is the, the is this rebellion rebellion against the Lord. To, it comes from man's desire, desire to, to be separated to be, be, be higher than, than God. God in the story of Cain and Abel yeah. we can see that because uh, Cain was envious and jealous of uh, the Lord's love for Abel he had to kill him and remove him from the, from the picture because he could not stand being in that position 어디요? Mm-hmm. if you look in Genesis 4 Genesis 4 verse
0: 11
1: now you are cursed because of the ground which has opened its mouth and received your brother's blood from your hand from now on when you till the ground it, will, it won't it will yield its strength to you shall be a fugitive and a wanderer in the earth so this is the punishment that was given to Cain by God Cain said to Yahweh, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, you have driven me out to this day from the surface of the ground. I will be hidden from your face, and I will be a fugitive and wanderer in this earth. It will happen to happen that whoever finds me will kill me. And Yahweh said, therefore whoever slays Cain, vengeance will be taken on him sevenfold. Yahweh appointed a sign for Cain lest anything finding him should strike him. So Cain's Cain's punishment was to become a fugitive and a wanderer. And uh, this punishment was given to Cain by God who holds the ultimate standard for goodness. And the result result of that was for him to be a fugitive and a wanderer. Uh, from, from verse 17, it says, Cain knew his wife she conceived and gave birth to Enoch. He built a city and called the name of the city after the, the name of his son Enoch. So did he obey the Lord? Did he follow his punishment? No, he chose to, to, to settle down and build a city even though he was cursed to be a wanderer. And even when we we look at the story of the, uh, the Tower of Babel, it is the same. Because Nimrod was afraid of the Lord's punishment, he raised up this tower in defiance to the Lord. And Nimrod lived in the era of Noah. And as you know, Nimrod came after uh, the Lord flooded the whole earth and, and, and killed off all the evildoers. And Nimrod was a person that, that built many cities around the world after around the world after the, the flood. And later on, he builds the tower of Babel. Because he needed, needed something to, to, to protect him from God and from Babylon. And this is the, the, the phenomenon that happens when you live within the system Babylon. You always build something, you always gather something to protect yourself, thinking that it's going to protect you from what is coming towards you. If you look in Habakkuk uh, 2, verse 9. It says, Woe to him who gets an evil gain for his house, that he may set his nest on high, that he may be delivered from the hand of evil. It was the goodness of God that God gave uh, Cain this kind of punishment of being a wanderer. So what kind of attitude should we have when the Lord curses us or He pours His punishment upon us? The the best possible solution for for us in that situation is to fully receive what God gives to us because that is what He has given to us uh, according to His his ultimate standard of justice. Justice what's
0: or what's goodness.
1: What's the reason why like God punished Cain to be a wanderer is b- was it because he hated Cain? Cain? No, the reason why he cursed them to be a wanderer is because through this time of wandering and 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 uh, and spending time in the wilderness or by himself, he will learn to live with the Lord and 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 uh, mend his relationship with God. In the same way, when the Israelites were not ready to to enter into the Promised Land, he made them wander in the desert for forty more years because he, they need to learn. The, They need to learn and and mature through this time. And that's why, according to God's standards for goodness, they needed to spend this time in the wilderness, like how Cain uh, should have wandered around and learned his lesson. All this is done through the love of God.
0: In chapter 4,
1: back to Genesis. Uh, in verse 24 it says if Cain will be Cain will be avenged seven times truly." Oh, to no. you uh, so I don't know which verse it is but God talks how if anybody was to touch Cain that person will be uh, avenged by the Lord so this proves that God had this love for Cain and he did not uh, forsaken Cain for his actions even though He was cursed to be a wonder, He was punished to be so, God was going to be with Him and protect Him in this whole progress process. The reason why the Lord allows uh, these hardships and, 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 and tribulations upon us is not because He has forsaken us, but because we, He wants us to endure through this time and mature in faith. <laughs> So yesterday I was very calm and I was able to speak slowly and very fluently. But today, because there was translation, maybe I'm starting, I have sped up a lot. And there is a famous Bible verse that we was quote, and that is, "The righteous will will live by faith." So Habakkuk was able to see the Lord's workings he was able to see the lord's will uh under uh, be, uh, behind his, his punishment upon Israel and that's why that's why he, he, he and because he acknowledged the lord and because he w- he has uh, he acknowledged the, the lord's standards for goodness other than relying on his own that's why the righteous, even though they are in the midst of complete chaos or they cannot fully understand why they have to endure through this time, if they have faith that God has allowed this time upon them, then they will acknowledge it and and, and um, continue to rely, rely on the Lord to endure through this time. And it is very... It doesn't make sense that a man can fully understand the Lord. And so when something is done by God, it is natural for us to not be able to fully understand and grasp uh, uh, the Lord's will behind it. When, when God punished Cain by, by putting a curse on him to be a wanderer on this land, Cain was supposed to follow that sentence. He was supposed to hold on to the promise that God was, God was going to protect him and eventually lead him to salvation. But in the end, he chose to live by his own standards of goodness, and that is what led to his destruction, and that is what led to the creation of this system of Babylon. So, what is the result of our, by living through by our own standards? The result is Babylon. The result is the Tower of Babel.
0: We'll
1: look at Second Corinthians chapter ten. Five. throwing down imagination and every high thing that is exalted against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So um, our, our standards of goodness belongs to our osav. It belongs to our flesh. And it is present within our minds as a stronghold. And this strong was created from uh, from from repeated uh, judgments and uh, the receiving of many information from Babylon. So throwing down imaginations and every high thing that is exalted against the knowledge of, knowledge of God, this itself is the information, is the judgment that we have stored up within our minds. And so we have to take all this that we have gathered in our minds and, and, and uh, put into captivity to, to the obedience of Christ.
0: This is the principle
1: of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not just a, a good place or a very bright place, but is. But the kingdom of God is a powerful kingdom, the kingdom that is able to overcome uh, the, the kingdom of Babylon, which uh, praises and worships strength. So when we choose to live by the kingdom of God and not the kingdom of Babylon, our whole system and our whole, our whole minds will be changed and transformed. So what was Jesus' ministry on this land? He preached his gospel. He healed those who were lame. He delivered people from, being de- uh, from, 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 from demons. He gathered disciples. He raised the dead. Of course, Jesus uh, did this ministry because because he had a goal to to save the people of Earth. People, uh, of Earth. But he, the important thing is that he did all this. He he, he served humankind because it is within the order of God. And because Jesus follows the orders and the principles of the kingdom of God, He was able to sacrifice Himself in this way. And as soon as Jesus came upon this earth, the kingdom of God has come upon this earth as well, and that's why He was able to heal those who were who, who were uh, uh, sick and and deliver those who were demon possessed. It's because the order of God has been implemented, in, uh, has been has has been manifested through Him. In the same way, that same kind of authority, that same kind of order uh, should be manifested through us as well. And so, when I set, set foot in the Kwangju province, uh, the kingdom of God and God Himself will come with me to that land. But if you continue to live with your own standards of goodness, it will become a stronghold within your mind and starts to control you. Because with your free will, you continue to choose to live by those standards and choose that uh, that, that that stronghold. You fall slave to these thoughts. And your standards for goodness are built upon the information that you have received from Babylon, but also, it it is very subjective in in the sense that it was created by through created from your own scars that you have received as uh, as you have lived. For example, uh, let's say people keep teasing me on on being dark skinned and and being and being an ugly person is not true, but let's say people tease me that way tease me that way and uh, if it gets to me, if it starts to hurt me, then that means I have a standard within my mind that those who are light-skinned, those who are white are good and those who are dark-skinned are are bad, or are, are lower than those who are lighter in skin tone if I have that kind of standard within my mind, then when people tease me in this regard, it will become a great great, um, great, shame to me. And if I fall under its order, then I will always live a very oppressed life. Because I will always be oppressed by those who, are, uh, who have a lighter skin tone than I have and this is something I have found while preparing for this for this service in our church we have a lot of infant babies and (laughs) whenever I see a new infant baby come to church my first word to that baby is oh it is so he he is so white or he is so light skinned Uh, as you know uh, my, my my children, most of them are dark skinned like I am. Only a few are light skinned like their mother. But I realized that, that this was a scar, that this was a standard that I was holding on to. So in the midst of this, we have to continue to live by the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit show us what standards and what, what strongholds are still present within us.
0: Okay.
1: And we have to continue to take away and, and remove all the information that we're receiving every day. When I went to Africa, went to Swaziland, I had a good time because God was with me. <laughs> and that's the only reason. Another reason is, uh, never once was I called uh, dark when I was in, in in Swaziland. Some people called me Chinese and that was a little so, annoying, what?
0: but... Okay. Let's
1: see another reason why our own standards become hardened within us. Our strongholds are not just thoughts of judgment, uh, uh, thoughts of of despair, or thoughts of depression or hate. But the reason why it becomes hardened is because we think we are justified. We think we are right and we are righteous in our own standards. We always think we are the victim. Uh, so if you have this stance, if you're have, if you living by this kind of standard, it becomes very hardened and eventually becomes a stronghold within your mind. And if you continue to live by this stronghold, then that stronghold becomes even stronger and greater. Let's move on to eight, verse 18. Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. So in verse 17, we talked about the relative standard for goodness that we have. And verse 18, we want to talk about the... Uh, the absolute standard for goodness, which is God alone. So Jesus is questioning this young adult saying, Why do you call me good? Because this young adult was judging Jesus as a good teacher through his own standards. And Jesus caught that and he's uh, teaching this young adult that no one is good except God because he's the one that has the absolute standard for goodness.
0: Je-
1: Jesus when he was bearing the cross uh, he says Lord would you take this cup away from me if if uh, it pleases you because even Jesus himself felt like it was unjust for him to have to bear the sin of, 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 of humankind upon himself and have to experience a short period of time where he is, where he is uh, separated from God. But he says, let it not be done according to my will but the will of God. So even though Jesus was experiencing a little bit of depression and a little bit of uh, uh, Maybe a little bit of fear. He still was willing to follow the will of the Father because he knew that God alone was the standard for goodness. Jesus always followed after his Father.
0: Uh, and
1: later he says that the Lord's actions are just and his will for me is just. And so, even though he had to bear the cross, even though he had to die for humankind. He still believes that that, that that everything that God has tol- told him to do is justified because he believes that God is the standard of goodness. And that's why, in his ministry, in his messages, in the gospel that is preached, he was always obedient to the, the words of the Father. So, so
0: this,
1: this issue of goodness is con- connected to our being itself as well. So when Jesus says no one is good except for God alone it talks about God, God's character
0: so
1: For those who live with this absolute standard of goodness that comes from God those are the ones who, who acknowledge who God truly is and that's why they're able to proclaim and exclaim that God is good and nobody else And we can acknowledge that we ourselves are not good as well. And that's why we are obedient towards the Lord.
0: This is the identity that is given to those who are willing to accept
1: and acknowledge that God is the standard for goodness. For those who still follow uh, their own standards, they may acknowledge that God is good, but He is good only when He is good to me and He is faithful to me. What they're saying is that God is good, but I'm good as well. God is good, but man is good as well. They're following following God uh, in the wrong way because they do not see themselves clearly at times we may not see or we may not be able to sense it but at times we are lifted higher than God within ourselves and that's when we become the standard of goodness, not God and that happens every time you choose to, to, to live by the standards of, of the world and not the standards of God and in the end, those, those are the ones who do not know who they are and don't, do not know who God is. So when we, when we enter into that kind of stage, what is the word that comes out of our, uh, our mouths the most? It is why. Why, Lord, have you allowed this to happen to me? Why am I in this kind of situation? It feels unjust, it is unfair. Those words of, of unbelief come out from us because we don't believe in the goodness of God. It means that other, rather than uh, receiving the standards of God, you have chosen to receive the standards of the world or you have chosen to follow your own standards. It means that you are sitting on uh, the, the throne of the judge and judging everything for yourself. It is a very dangerous state. Jesus talks about the analogy of, of the fig tree. He went to this fig tree in order to, to eat figs, but there were no figs to give to him. And so, so Jesus cursed This tree, Mm -hmm. and that tree later on withers and dies.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But later on we we, we realized that it was not the right season for that fixed tree to bear fruit yet. And so we cannot understand the actions of Jesus. Think about the, the the think in the perspective of the fig tree. It was not his time to bear fruit, but yet this person comes and requires requests him to bear fruit. And when he, when he is not able to do so, Jesus curses him. But even still, can we can we judge God? Can we judge the actions of Jesus? Because within the order of God, if He requires figs to be, to, if He requires this tree to bear, bear uh, fruits for Him in that moment, then that that tree needs to offer it to the Lord, because that is the principle of God and that is the order of God and that is uh, the, the order of His kingdom. And because the standard of uh, this absolute goodness does not change, in the case of Moses, no matter how many sticks he uses to, to hit the rock, if he does it out of his own standard then it, that, that rock will never break and, 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 and uh, never offer water to the Israelites. As you know, the sun rises from the east and sets in the west. But Have you ever seen the sun rise from the west and set in the east? No, pe- when people want to see sunrise, they always go to the, 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 the east side of Korea, not the west side. And that is a set order in which the, the planets revolve, revolve around each other. In the same way, the absolute standard of God, the standard of goodness that God has, is something that does not change. And His goodness, His standard, can cause even the, the, uh, the, the orders of the world to, to change, to fit His standard for goodness. So, what kind of attitude should we have before the Lord? And let's look into Job
0: chapter
1: 2. We can see that after Job was met with these disasters, his wife comes to him and says, How can you still be faithful? Do you still maintain your integrity, renounce God, and die? That's what she says to Job. It says, what God has done to you is unfair and unjust. It says, Job is foolish to continue to follow the Lord. But what, does she, but what does he say to her in verse 10? But he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women would speak. What shall we receive? Good at the hand of God. And shall we not receive evil? In all this, Job didn't sin with his lips. Job lived according to the absolute standard of goodness of God. So even though the, 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 the things that God did to him is uh, is unreasonable unreasonable he did not renounce the Lord because he believed in the Lord. So those who live by their own standards for goodness cannot follow the Lord and are, and are not disobedient to the Lord because if they cannot understand something. In their reason and rationality, then they cannot follow along. They are not aware of who they are and who God is. And ultimately, it is because they think of themselves higher and more more just than the Lord. And that's why they're able to uh, choose to not obey the Lord in His and His and His will for us. So, uh, as I care for my family, we have one order within our house. And at ten, and that is, sometimes my kids say uh, that is bad and that is uh, not good to me. But like I said before, I, will not, I, I do not let this pass. I will, I will always request somebody to give me a stick or a cane. <laughs> And why, why do I do this? The reason why I take this so seriously is not because uh, of their words or 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 by what they're saying to me uh, is upsetting. It's because whether or not a parent is good or bad should not be judged by the by the by the child. And so I want to teach my kids of the right order so that they would grow and mature within this order. When
0: when
1: when when the Jews are uh, uh, transcribing uh, the scripture whenever they finish a chapter they would break off the pen and repent and be cleansed once again so that they can uh, and, uh, they would pray they would break their pens get a new pen and start again
0: and also, in
1: between chapters, they have to bow down before the Amen. king and be acknowledged once again. And th- they are recorded, recorded uh, instances where, uh, when, 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 these transcribers forgot this whole ritual, They would be, uh, there be, uh, what's the word? They would be sentenced to death because of their disobedience. But anyways, let's move on. So I want to share uh, an inspiration that the Lord has given to me and these are God's words and not my own He says all all the words of standard all the words of judgment all the words of of separation and judgment and all these words that you have spoken through your, your own standards I will not let it pass anymore in this glorious church 다
0: 자기 중심의 선함에서 비롯된 것들이라는 거예요 상대적인 선함에서 비롯된
1: 것들이라는 Because all these words, all these complaints and, and words of judgment comes from our own standards of, of of goodness and not the absolute standard of goodness from God
0: 이것이 절대적인 선의 기준이냐? 하나님이 우리에게 그런 판단을 허락하셨냐 하나님 그렇게 말씀하셨냐 하나님이 저희에게 말씀하신 건 뭐냐면은 하나님이 그렇게 말씀하셨대요 나도 내 아들을, 나도 내 교회를 나도 내 나의 자녀들을 함부로 이야기하지
1: And the reason why God can say this to us is first because He holds the absolute uh, standards for goodness. But second, even He Himself does not speak words, does not speak lightly of His children. So even God does not judge uh, 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 judge judge us in that way. And so who are we to judge each other according to our own standards? So once again, these are not my words, but words I have received from the Lord.
0: So let's look at the second section. The, uh,
1: so what wh- what connects Babylon with actions? Why is why is our actions a problem when it's done through the system of Babylon? It's because the Babylon always uh, makes us focus on ourselves. We focus on the things that we possess, on our own strengths, on our own loneliness, or on, on the relationships that we have.
0: So, If Cain
1: followed the Lord and followed uh, the, the, the punishment that he received by God, then his relationship with the Lord should have been mended over time. But he has chosen not to do that and and he chose to defy against the Lord. And when God was dealing with the Israelites in the desert, uh, he he always told the Israelites to look at the bronze snake, the bronze staff. And it is a simple order to to look towards the, the, the bronze staff. But why is it so difficult? Why was it so difficult for the Israelites to, to follow this simple order?
0: <laughs> so this is something
1: that I have realized as well. At times, I mistaken where I'm uh, uh, mistaken, the direction in which I'm facing at the moment. I thought I was facing the Lord, where in reality I was facing somewhere else. At times, even though even when I'm facing myself, I am mistaken into thinking that I am facing the Lord. I am uh, that, that my gaze is set on the bronze staff, bronze serpent, and not myself. Facing the Lord means you're filled with the hope of God that You're filled with His faith And because you believe that you will, that God is going to protect you and, and pour everything necessary for you to endure through whatever situation you're facing That means that you're facing the Lord But if you're fu- filled with concerns and worries If you're filled with pain If you're still experiencing these kind of depressions and, 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 and difficulties And that means you're not facing God but facing something else because the enemy will continue to create these situations to trick you into thinking that you might be following God, whereas you're actually following Babylon or following yourself. So that's why it is so important for us to escape the system of Babylon. So let's look at Exodus chapter 5, verse, six,
0: six, verse 16
1: no straw is given to your servants and they tell us make brick and behold your servants are beaten but the fault is in your own people but he said you are idle you are idle therefore you say let us go and sacrifice to Yahweh go therefore now and work for no straw shall be given to you yet you shall deliver the same number of bricks so this happened after Moses and Aaron went before the Pharaoh to convince Pharaoh to let the Israelites go but Pharaoh knew and he had no idea how to, to operate his empire without uh, these slaves. And that's why to punish the Israelites to trying to defy his power, he ordered for them to come up with the same amount of bricks uh, without the straw being given to them. That, that means the Israelites need to work two times harder each day to fill the, the same quota every day. So I don't know how you will receive the story, but it seems like the words, the, the words of seven, verse 17, seem like the words that Babylon is telling, speaking to us, as they make fun of us. Because in Babylon, you have to work hard to achieve something, to to, to become successful. So they're saying, why are you coming to church on Sunday? Why do you come to church during the weekday whereas you're supposed to work and to better yourself and to to prepare yourself further in this hierarchy. But what is God saying to us? He's saying that we are His, His, His holy... Errors, that all the things that we are to receive does not come from the world and does not come from our efforts, but rather comes from God. And we live by believing our identity within the Lord. He gives these things, all the things that, that we want and all the things that He has prepared for us, to us without us putting effort into it. So Pharaoh is saying to the Israelites, "Oh, the 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 very fact that you have a desire to worship the Lord means that you're not working hard enough to better yourselves. To 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 you're not working hard enough to serve Babylon. But no, we know that the true order is that." Uh, the more time we spend meeting the Lord, the more time we spend in worship, encounter the encounter the Lord is what is the key to our success in the end.
2: Mm.
1: And because the enemy knows of this, their biggest strategy and their biggest plans is to take us away from the place of worship. To for us to bow down before Babylon and worship it other than God. So as you live in Babylon in this way, you start to change and be transformed into its image. You start to focus on yourself and obsess over yourself. Mm -hmm. And when this happens, uh, when you are met with a situation, you will not be able to overcome it. And you would fall down and stumble and fall into despair. Mm and lose all hope uh, When we look further in the story of, of the Israelites with Moses it says later on the Israelites lost all hope in Moses And later, they even uh, turned away from, turned against Moses because whenever Moses goes to the pharaoh, their workload is multiplied because of his actions. And because they were, fa- they have fallen under the rule of Babylon, they cannot see the grand scale of the Lord's will, and that's why, uh, in their limited perspective, they saw Moses as the antagonist in their story. And when we choose to live by the order of God our, our scale and our perspective is broadened and that's that allows us to uh, face anything that comes towards us so when, when our first when our church started to uh, minister the people in China at first it was really scary for, for us to, to go to China because uh, we might be taken captive for, for holding worship over there but later on Pastor Kim said those who are willing to go to China will be able to go to Africa will be, go, will be able to go anywhere to spread the gospel, gospel of God because they are not afraid of Babylon they are not afraid of the world and the only thing they see is the Lord's standard is the gospel that needs to be spread through them So those who do not live by Babylon uh, have this characteristic. They're able to see uh, what God is doing through them. Um, A while ago, Pastor Kim told me to go to Central America, South America. No, it was weird because there there was somebody else that could speak Spanish and I couldn't speak a single word of Spanish. And in my, in my own own reason and rationality, I think somebody who if you're going to send somebody as a missionary, that person should at least be able to speak the language of the, of the local people. But that is the limitation of, of the scale that, ha, that I had back then. So when I was ministering in, in Swaziland, at first uh, I asked Pastor Kim, "Where should I minister in the church and also to the local churches as well? But uh, in the beginning, Pastor Kim told me to just minister in the church and have the people come to you. And uh, as time passed, later on he, he allowed me to, to broaden my ministry. But the conclusion of the story is is that there's, there's no loss in obeying Pastor Kim's words. So, if you're still unable to receive the word of God, if you're still unable to receive the Lord's gospel in this way, then that means you're still bound by the Babylon system, which makes you smaller and smaller.
0: Babylon created a system where everybody is
1: focused on themselves and they're focused on the actions of each person so those who live in the world and those who want to be successful in the world have to continue to study hard and work hard to reach that success but the dangerous thing is the same kind of philosophy is, is brought into the church as well Christians who, who, who say they believe in the, in the Lord They continue to focus on the actions that they're, they're doing within the church In order to receive praise and acknowledgement from others And that, they think that is what that, uh, decides their worth within the, within the church and within God <coughs> We know that no matter what ministry you are doing, <laughs> the, 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 the key factor to the ministry is to allow the Holy Spirit to work freely within that place and within that that, that service.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Went Back when I was the leader of the young adults, I was talking with, with Chungma, and as I was talking with Shuman about the Word of God and about uh, the gospel, I realized that some things he got right, and some things he was unsure of, and at times he was even mistaken. And at first I was worried for him because you know, uh, he did not know the Word of God very clearly. Or in the right way, but it didn't hinder him in his in his uh, in, in his faith or or, the, or his spirituality before the Lord. And while watching him, I realized that the reason why he was able to stay upright was because he, he continued to empty himself before the Lord. Compared to the youth of this age Where the focus is on Building up things Accumulating all the things That will propel you And and, and help you reach your goal Goal uh, that you have set for yourself
0: Our focus is on
1: emptying ourselves And allowing the Holy Spirit To work through us So that we can become an empty and, And pure vessel For the Holy Spirit to work through but if you hold on to the things that you have, you have, uh, that you have and you possess, then you're limiting the work of the Holy Spirit.
0: So uh,
1: the, the, the focus of Babylon is to, to gather and to, to work hard, but the focus of... The Holy Spirit is to continue to empty ourselves. So remember that. Let's move on to verse 19. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false, test- false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother.
0: This is the response that Jesus gave
1: to this hypocritical uh, young adult. Because this young adult was asking for what actions he can do in order to receive eternal life. And Jesus responds with the actions that he could do. He was matching the the eye eye, eye level of this young adult, this this young man. So even though it's, it may seem like Jesus was responding uh, to the question of the young adult in the same, 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 same sense, but uh, the two of them are talking about completely different things because the focus of the words of Jesus was not on the actions, it was not on the law that he was speaking of. you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, it means that you have to continue to empty yourselves of these thoughts of, uh, of immorality and thoughts of judgment. It means Jesus is saying to this young man that you have to escape, uh, escape these standards. And in the end, he says, honor your father and mother, which is very suited to today because today is uh, Parents' Day. But the focus of Jesus here is to empty that to, to this young man was to empty for him to empty himself before the Lord. What is the essence of the law? Is to love love the Lord your God and love one another as you love yourselves. So even though the Ten Commandments and the law Seem like a list of things that we have to do before the Lord. But even, even the law itself, the focus of it is for us to love the Lord with all our heart and to love one another as ourselves. Amen. It means we have to take ourselves out of the equation. So in verse 20, we can see the response of the young man. Teacher, he declared, All these I have kept since I was a boy. So since Jesus talked about actions, this young man responds with, responds saying that he has kept all the law that Jesus has uh, said in the the, the verse above. So he has lived a very legalistic life. He has kept all the law. So I originally... uh, originally, I planned to to make today's title uh, Addition and Subtraction because when we look at the story, it seems like the, it, it looks like uh, the two people speaking are speaking of the same things, but one is speaking of addition and one is speaking of subtraction. If we look at verse 17 once again As Jesus started on his way A man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him Good teacher, he asked What must I do to inherit eternal life? So this young man was speaking of addition He's, speaking, he's, saying, he's asking Jesus what, what more do I have to do to inherit eternal life? But what does Jesus say? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, No one is good except God alone. God, Jesus is, t- is talking about subtraction. It means we have to be subtracted from the equation and allow God to enter into it.
0: We have to take, subtract
1: our, uh, our, our, our standards of goodness and receive the Lord's standards. And he says, He goes on to say, uh, You know the commandments, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not see, you shall not give false testimony, you shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. And in verse 20, teacher, he declared, "All these I have kept since I was a boy." So, even though Jesus was speaking of subtraction, this young man continues to speak of addition. Verse 21: Jesus looked up, looked at him, and loved him. "One thing you lack," he said. "Go sell everything you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven." So Jesus once again speaks of subtraction. He speaks of repentance. So. These two people were met on the road. These two people who live in the same world and in, live in the same uh, circumstances. Even though uh, appearance wise they may be the same, these two people were living in two different kingdoms. One was living in the kingdom of Babylon, and one is living under the rule of uh, the kingdom of God. So all the time, Jesus was speaking of the Lord's kingdom to this young man. When we speak of the cross, we speak of victories. Even though He spe- Jesus speaks of death, He is speaking of life.
0: Even though He speaks of one thing, He is speaking of the whole
1: picture. That's why the, the Bible is described as open but secret. Anybody can read the words that are written in the Bible. No matter if you are poor or if you are rich or if you are well-off. Anybody can read the texts that are written in the Bible, but not everybody can understand the meaning behind those words.
0: So, when you're listening to the words of Pastor Ken,
1: you have to be spiritually alert because sometimes he tells you to do do the things that you're not supposed to do. And from this encounter, we can realize that it is important for when when, when you're communicating with somebody, it is important for you to be in the same, to be spiritually alert. Let's look at Hebrews, verse
0: 11, no, chapter 11. Amen.
1: So I can't find it right now, but it, it talks about why he's, he's speaking to Israel, saying even though you're living in the promised land, why do you live like your are foreigners? Verse eight by faith Abraham, when he was called, obeyed to go out to the place which he which which he was to receive for an inheritance. So Abraham, so Abraham even the, even a person who was living in the Old Testament who did not have the Holy Spirit, uh, was able to obey uh, uh, the Lord's promise at that time. And this uh, can be connected to the story of, of, of the Pharisees who came to Jesus and asked them, do we, do we have to pay tax to Caesar or do we pay tax to the Lord? And this was uh, a true dilemma for them because if they pay tax to Caesar, it means that they acknowledge being under the rule of Caesar. But if they offer this money to God, then that means they're not paying tax uh, to the country that they belong to. And that becomes uh, 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 an issue of crime then.
0: But how does Jesus
1: answer them? He says, to that which belongs to Caesar, give it to Caesar. To that which belongs to God, give it to God. So what is Jesus saying? Even though, even though we have to live in in, in the physical world, even though we have to live within Babylon, it does not mean we belong, and that it does not mean that we belong and follow the rules of Babylon. Amen. So give what is what belongs to Caesar to Caesar, and give what belongs to God to God.
0: Amen. Amen.
1: So even this, uh, in, in this issue of, of uh, giving tax, if the Lord tells you to give it to Caesar, then give it to Caesar. If, but if the Lord tells you to not offer the money to Caesar, then don't. So the important thing for us is to be able to catch what the Lord wants us to do in, in the right place, in the right time. And the action itself is not as important if God tells you to jaywalk and to uh, neglect the traffic lights then you have to obey Him Amen. because we are not Amen. ones who live by the rules uh, of this world
0: Amen. what is the conclusion? the conclusion
1: is where do you belong?
0: are you under Babylon or un-
1: under the kingdom of God? Even though you have spent a lot of time in this church, even though you have received the word of God already, why has your life not changed much?
0: It is because
1: where you belong, what system you have received, is important. Even though you have received uh, the word of God and you have been trained within this church, if you're still, if you're still desiring to to, to add to it and to follow the, uh, the, the, the the desires of Babylon, then you will not experience spiritual growth. Even though you have spent years and years in this church, and everything else becomes a burden for you, trying to add trying to live uh, by addition is is much more difficult because when we live by subtraction, when we live by the order of God, He gives us joy and we're able to rejoice in the Lord in this this process. So it is important for us to continue to empty ourselves before the Lord and to cast all that we have upon Him so that we can become empty and allow the Holy Spirit to work through us.
0: Amen! Those who do this
1: are acknowledged as the people of God and as His subjects. You know the story of the crows and and manna. Let's say, for example, God told the Israelites to gather up all the food that they need need to eat for the next 40 years in, in, in one day. Do you realize how burdensome that is to carry all that food around in the desert? No, that's why God told them to only gather the food that they would be eating for that one day because He's going to allow manna to rain from the, the heavens the next day. And the reason why he, only, he allowed only, uh, he allowed daily portions to come upon Him is, is because he wants to remind them that you have to that they have to rely on him every day. That every day they have to uh, they have to confirm of their identity before the Lord as his children, as his people, to come before him and rely on him.
0: Verse 21, Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you
1: lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. So this young man asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? His focus was on the actions. But the funny thing is, Jesus once again speaks of actions. He says, go sell everything and give to the poor.
0: 지키고,
1: so this young man has has 어떤, spent his whole life following the law
0: 열심히, 붙잡고, and, and 왔는데, trying his best to become a good man 하시는데, in
1: his own standard. And so Jesus uh, tells him to do another action. So Jesus, Jesus tells him to do another action, which seems like another addition, uh, addition, but in reality is subtraction because the thing that he tells him to do is to become empty, to become poor, and and, and then follow him. So if you look once again,
0: the young uh,
1: the young man's focus was on. Lord, what more? What more do I have to add in order to gain eternal life? But Jesus's response was to take away all that you have uh, added up until now and give it to the poor, so that you can come and follow me. So their focus was the polar opposites.
0: Amen. Uh, Babylon is. Uh,
1: the kingdom of Babylon is built on the survival of the fittest, whereas the kingdom of God, um, he says that those who are willing to give their life will, will, will gain it instead.
0: If you feel
1: like uh, you came to this church in order to be loved, in order to be acknowledged, in order to grow spiritually, but uh, you feel like you're not staying in place, that you're not experiencing spiritual growth at all, then that means your focus before coming to church was on addition rather than subtraction. And because your soul so focused on trying to add things to yourself. You're not, you're not focused on the, the right things. Because you possess too much, you're unwilling to put that down and, and, and sacrifice yourself before the Lord. So, once again, what is Jesus saying to this young man? He says, as long as you're a slave to Babylon, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. This is the limitation of Babylon, because nothing of humankind uh, will last for eternity. And so everything of Babylon, everything of the flesh is limit, limited, limited to death. Um, there was a TV program that I really liked and that was a TV show that showed master craftsmen or people who have mastered their field of, of, of vocation. And Most of the, the, the masters that come on the show are people who sleep two to three hours each day and work for, for many many hours. Some people work two to like three to four jobs each day, and they have to, they only come home after it has gone dark, and they have to see They only have time to sleep for two to three hours when they have to after they have to wake up to repeat that life once again. So to this person who has worked their whole life to gather money to survive. Imagine someone burning all that money before them. Do you think that person will have the will to live anymore? But for us, we have this eternal kingdom. We have this eternal life. It is such a great blessing that has been given to us by God. Because we have this eternal life, because we can see his eternal kingdom for us we, are, we can gladly give up everything that we have Everything that we possess Everything that we have worked for our whole lives We're not bound to these things anymore because Those who live by the Spirit Are not bound to the things of this earth anymore They can gladly give up everything that they have Because we have been given eternal life Because we can enjoy eternal life with Him in His eternal kingdom It means that the eternal Lord is our companion That He is with us And the Almighty God is with us And so we can enjoy His abundance with Him So why is it difficult for us to give up the things that do not belong in the Lord. It's because we have lived while working towards a goal. And it's something that we have worked hard towards and that's why it's so difficult for us to give, give it up. So what is the answer of this young man?
0: He says, because he has too much,
1: it is difficult for him to give it up and that's why he left Jesus. And why were the disciples able to follow, give up everything and follow Jesus? I'm sure some of them had a certain amount of wealth, but most of them compared to this wealthy man had nothing and so it is easier for them to give it up and follow Jesus. Him? Him? (laughs) If, if. If, uh, let's say, if I had a PhD degree, do you think it it will be easy for me to give that up or not? If somebody was to force me to stop pursuing a PhD, do you think that would be easy or difficult for me? It is very easy for me to give up that PhD. Let's say somebody asked me to give up going to Gwangju. Is that easy or difficult for me? It's, it's,
0: it's di- more
1: difficult than the PhD, but, but still I can, I can give it up. Well, let's say I spent my whole life in Gwangju. If I was, if I had that kind of background, do you think it would be easy for me to give, give up, uh, uh, building a church in Guangzhou? It may be difficult. So uh, when I was meditating on this word, um, I, I started to get afraid of becoming comfortable in Guangzhou. What if, what if I become too comfortable over there? Then it will become difficult for me to leave that, that that place when the Lord tells me to do when, when the Lord tells me to leave. If the, if Pastor Kim tells me to come back to this church or if he tells me to go to Africa or to the US <laughs> will, I, will I be able to obey him if I become too comfortable in the place that I am? so what I'm trying to say is that it's easy to pull out these weeds because their their roots are not uh, very deeply rooted but it is very difficult to remove a tree trunk and so that's why it's so important for us to cast away these things every day before the Lord so that they will not be deeply rooted within us anymore so every day we have to say, Lord, we do not have anything. We, nothing belongs to us. Everything belongs to you. And so we have to, we, so I want to cast all that I have before you. Would you help me to empty myself? And what is the reason that we can uh, empty ourselves before the Lord? It's because we do not belong in this world anymore. Because we belong in the eternal kingdom of God and because His kingdom have started within our lives already, we can gladly and we can easily throw away the things of, throw away the things of this world. when you choose to, to, to give up the things that you have and you're willing to receive the Lord's kingdom and when you're willing to go under the sovereignty of the Lord then you, the Lord will lead you to live that kind of life Another reason why we can give up everything for the Lord is because He Himself has given, given up everything Jesus Himself was willing to give up everything even His own life for sinners for the sinners of this world and so there's no reason for us to not be able to give up the things of Babylon. Because God Himself was glad gladly gave up His Son for us. So in conclusion, if you're unwilling to give up all, the, all all of your possessions, whether it be people or, or materials or wealth, then that means you're clearly under the rule of the ba- under the rule of Babylon. So let's move on to verse 22. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. What is proof of you living a life of addition? Uh, it means in another word it means you even your faith is a faith for blessing it's a faith for reward and when you have this kind of faith uh, you 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 always make a deal with the Lord Lord I have done this much for you so you have to reward me with this much a faith of addition will always cause you to, to always long for reward from the Lord, for compensation from God. And when you have this kind of faith, you're always judging each other uh, and being jealous of one another, because, because you're living by your own standards ultimately. And you always question the Lord, you blessed him, why, why don't you bless me?
0: Meritocracy? When I
1: was uh, leading the young adults, um, and uh, when I was talking with them, a lot of them, a lot of them have a lot of complaint towards God. Saying, uh, and and that same complaint was, why do I have to give up everything? Why is it always me? Why is why is that the best, uh, best way that God has? What is that? Why is that always the best solution when it comes to God and the church? How is that always the absolute standard for goodness? Those people always are, seem like they're having a good time. They're always living in luxury, and and and, and blessings compared to us. It's, it is unfair. It is unjust. It is not equ equal. In that way we in that sense we are always judging these things according to our own standards. We say we, we groan before the Lord saying, I have done everything, I have kept all your rules, I have, I have been obedient, so why don't you bless me like the why why don't you bless me like them? This is the kind of confessions that we lift up when we live by the Sanders of the Babylon.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So let's once again look at the story of Cain and Abel. In the same way, way Cain lived the life of addition uh, and
0: when his,
1: when his actions and God when his work God is God not God acknowledged God he God defies God the God Lord and God commits this sin.
0: God. Ah uh, Verse 7,
1: if you do well, will it not be lifted up? If you don't do well, sin crouches at the door. It's desires for you, but you are to rule over him.
0: But you are to rule over
1: him. So when you live in the Babylon system, this kind of uh, this kind of event will always come to you, where you don't feel acknowledged, where you don't feel like your work is being praised for its worth, and that's when you that's when you start to blame the Lord, saying, "Lord, I have tried so hard. I have done all this for you. So why don't you bless me? Why is my life still in shambles?" Why am I not not acknowledged like the others? And when you live this this kind of lifestyle, you you start to be filled with hatred and uh, envy. And that is what caused Cain to kill even his own brother. Because he has tried so hard to lift up a great offering to the Lord, when it's ultimately not received by the Lord, that, that, that sense of betrayal and hatred causes him to, to, to kill his brother who he should be loving. when we bring that to us, that same kind of event will come to us as well. When we try to add, when we try to accumulate uh, these things, when we are not acknowledged by uh, the leaders of the church, when we are not acknowledged by Pastor Kim and and Mrs. Kim, then that desire for acknowledgement will will change into a sense of hatred, a sense of jealousy. And that is exactly what the enemy is trying to do to us. They want us to, 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 to experience this kind of despair and to fall away from the church, to, to turn against the Lord. And another thing is, this life, this uh, desire for addition is, is rooted in deception. Jesus says, Go sell everything you have to give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. To this young young man who was wealthy, uh, he is like the person that we have just explained. He is the one that is always complaining, Why do I have to give it? Why is it always me? Why do I have to be the one to give up everything? Because his focus was on the actions, his focus was on the addition. And that does not suit his taste. And so he, does, he, he decides not to do that. When we apply, apply that to us, it may seem like this um, I have given up everything to come to this church. And while even while I'm in this church, I have given up everything my family, my job, my kids. But why am I not transformed? Why am I not blessed by the Lord like He blesses others? But in verse 21 it says, Jesus looked at him and loved him. And uh, the, 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 the phrase, and loved him, even when you take that out from this verse, it will not change the overall meaning. And uh, it, does not, it is not awkward to take this part out. Jesus looked at him. And said, "One thing you lack, go sell everything." But the reason why it was added in his wording is because that's the focus of Jesus. Jesus's focus was that he loved this man, and because he loved him, he wanted to set him on the right track. And for for us, we can we can uh, understand the meaning of this verse without uh, the, the, the 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 without "and loved him" being added to it. But in the perspective of Jesus, without love, he cannot do this. He cannot speak these words to the young man and we should be amazed by this as well we should look at at the story and see and be amazed uh, on how much the Lord loved him and be amazed on what he said because of of this love that he had for this young adult in the same way Jesus came upon this earth. He lived on this earth and he died for us because he loves us. He did not require anything else from us. So did this man feel, was he able to sense the love that Jesus had for him? uh, You can see that it says Jesus looked at him and loved him. It did not say that Jesus said he loved him. And this man probably will not have fully understand the Lord's love for him because it was not said in the uh, it was not directly said by Jesus. And also the words that he was saying were. because the man's focus was in a different place than Jesus he would not have sensed it even if the, if Jesus was to say it directly to him and why is that? It's because his focus was on himself and the actions that he could do so that he could receive eternal life but all the words that Jesus spoke to this man was not for himself but for that person that he was speaking to the reason, even, t- even telling him to sell everything and give to the poor was, was, was said for the man's benefit because he wanted this man to, 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 to take away all the things that were bothering him that were hindering him, hindering him from being able to fully follow the Lord and to receive his eternal life In the same way, all this time, all the things that have come to us, all the hardships and sufferings that we to endured through were given to us in this perspective of love. So we should not complain to God saying, why is it always me? Why is it always me that I have to experience these kind of difficulties? It is, it is a difference of focus. So, like I said before, um, Cain's punishment of being a wanderer, the, the, the time that the Israelites need to spend as being captives, are all things, are all events that the Lord has allowed to, to come upon his children because he loves them. to the Jewish concentration camps in, in, the, in, the, in the gas chambers, you will see that on the walls it says, uh, God is faithful, God is good. Because even when they're facing death, the Jews believe that God is good, that, that, that He is faithful to them. And that should be our confession as well,
0: till the end. Even
1: if we're facing our death, We have to proclaim that God is good, that He has always been good to us. It is something that we cannot comprehend or understand. Let's move on. If we live a life of addition, then we cannot see the essence, we cannot see the focus of God. And something that we miss is the Lord's mercy and compassion for us. Jesus loved this man, and, but uh, from this story, we can say, then why not? Why didn't he hold on to this man and, and convince him until he understood? We, in, in, in our reason and rationality it makes sense that, the, that Jesus would hold on to this man until he was fully persuaded and convinced uh, of his words in the same way we asked the Lord why, why don't you come and come from me why don't you come and persuade me of the situation that which you have allowed upon me when we look at the story of the, the prodigal son we can see the answer the prodigal son left his household with the inheritance and that father loved his son and the reason why he gave that inheritance to his son before his death was because he loved him but the father did not seek out the son after the son has lo- uh, the son has left his household to to spend his in, inheritance. No, in, in, in an ideal story, the, the father should be searching for uh, his son no matter where he went. What did the father do while the son was wandering? Was he glad that the son was, was having to endure through this hardship? Like Pastor Kim said before, uh, as soon as the, the child, the son, left the household, the father was ready to forgive him of his actions. And even though it's not written in the story, I'm sure the father went out into the village every day to wait for his son who is sure to return to him someday. And he's always excited to, to receive his son, ready to to make a whole festival and celebration to welcome his return. And he's so ready to forgive his son and to mend his broken heart. He wanted to see him right next to see his son right next to him once again. That's probably the concerns that the father had as soon as the the the, the, the son left the house. Even when we have committed a sin, even though we're sinners, the Lord loves us. And He's ready to forgive us. And the only, only instance where we can realize His love, when we can realize His, his forgiveness is when we have returned to Him. Just like the prodigal son, even while he was journeying back to his house, he did not know that his father was ready to forgive him. And he even thought about becoming a servant in his own household. But the father was already ready to forgive him and to embrace him. So for those who live in Babylon, they cannot realize the father's love. No matter how much they may try, they will not be able to hear His words of love. Because they cannot see the essence. They cannot see the kingdom of God. And that's why they, even if they listen to others speak about the Father's love, because it is a foreign language to them, they cannot understand even though uh, the wealthy man here and jesus may seem like they're speaking to one another they're speaking two complete different uh, they're speaking from two di- complete different complete different perspectives So what must we do? We have to receive that invitation that Jesus has given to us. That, that inv- invitation that invites us to enter His kingdom. And when we are willing to go to to go into His kingdom, we should be willing and gladly be able to throw away all the clothes that we are wearing in Babylon, to throw away all the wealth that we have accumulated, to to, to 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 give away all the possessions that we have acquired. Verse
0: 21. Jesus looked at him and
1: loved him. One thing you lack, he said, Go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me.
0: Like I said, Jesus looked
1: at him and loved him. And Jesus is inviting this man to, to come to his kingdom. Because that is the, the greatest and the, the best thing that he can do to this, to, 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 to this man. And is there a father in this world that, is, that will gladly give hardships to their children? No, even though I'm not a perfect father, it, it, it gives me great pain uh, when I have to see my children go through a difficulty. do you think our Father in Heaven uh, feels nothing when He sees us go through these difficult situations? The only reason the only reason why He has allowed these sufferings upon us is because uh, it is the best solution that is uh, that has come out of His absolute standard for goodness. God is inviting us to enjoy this eternal life in His eternal kingdom. And he has called us to follow him to become his disciples. He wants us to escape the grasp of Babylon and to 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 enjoy his kingdom with him. So this man, this young man, uh, went away from Jesus sad because he had great wealth and he was unwilling to give that up. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, "How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God?" The, The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, "Children, how hard is it to the Children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for the camel to go through the eye of a needle for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. So Jesus is saying it is impossible for those who live by the, the standards of the world to enter, enter the kingdom of God. Only those who are willing to subtract, only those who are willing to empty themselves before God can receive His kingdom. And that's why Paul was able to willing to throw away all the things that he has acquired and achieved in the world. because he has received the kingdom of God and he is willing to live by the, the order of his kingdom. And that's why he, was, he gladly threw away all the things that he has gotten, all the things that he has possessed while in living under uh, the kingdom of Babylon.. So this concept itself is impossible for, for the wealthy man to comprehend because he has lived all his life in the system of Babylon and he's unwilling to, to receive this principle, receive this order from the kingdom of God.
0: Verse 26, the disciples
1: were even more amazed and then said to each other, Who then can be saved? So salvation itself cannot be acquired, cannot be achieved by man. It is given by God and Him only. But when we look at the faith of the contemporary churches, so many people live for themselves that they compromise the grace of God. They think the grace of God can only be Uh, given to them when they work hard for it. They justify their own reasons to not follow Jesus. So that's why it is impossible for those who are wealthy in the world to uh, to give up everything to follow the Lord and, and enter the kingdom of God. Let's move on. Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible but with God all things are possible. So, so the focus of God, the focus of Jesus here was not on the actions of the young man, whether or not he gives us his wealth was not that important to him. The focus that Jesus had was are, is he willing to, to to receive the kingdom of God? Is he willing to live by the Holy Spirit? Because because when he's willing to do so, all the all these actions will follow naturally because he he will be able to do it gladly. Are you able to picture the kingdom of God? Moses, to Moses, um, Egypt was a great nation. It had all the riches of the world. It had, it had a lot of power. It was a great empire. And he was, he was the child of the princess, of the king of that nation. But one day Moses was able to see the kingdom of God. And he realized how great, how great and tremendous this kingdom was. And that, came, that, that image itself was so great that he was willing to give up all the riches of the world, all the riches that he could have uh, enjoyed in Babylon. Mm. Guys, no matter how much the wealthy, person, wealthy man here uh, had, do you think you can compare to the Prince of Egypt? If Moses was able to and willing to give up all those riches and all that fame and nobility for the kingdom of God, then nobody else in the world has an excuse. And the reason why he was able to give up everything gladly was because he could see the kingdom of God coming to him. Then Peter spoke up, We have left everything to follow you. Peter and the rest of the disciples were the ones who were willing to give everything to follow Jesus. They have turned their backs to the world. So for us, if we choose the world, then we will live by the world. If we choose Jesus, then we will turn our back against the world. And Jesus will help us to live like Him. When, uh, when Moses' parents were pregnant with him. They were able to see the beauty of this child. They were able to see the Lord's will behind this child. And so they were willing to disobey the orders of Pharaoh and let this child live. All the other parents, although they, they may have loved their child, they were unwilling to, unwilling to disobey the Pharaoh. And thus they allowed uh, the guards to come and murder their child if it was a son. A disciple is a person that only looks at Jesus, that only focuses on Jesus, and that only follows Jesus. That means they give up trying to plan for themselves, trying to to, to make to uh, trying to earn something for themselves, or to achieve anything for themselves. Look at what Peter said: We have left everything to follow you. Not only did he leave everything behind to follow Jesus. Jesus,
0: what? How? How
1: did Peter meet his end in this world? he encounters Jesus once again he asks Jesus where are you going and jesus says i'm going to be I'm going to be nailed on the cross once again for the, all those who have abandoned Peter was a true disciple and he has chosen to 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 follow Jesus even until the very end and he did not uh, uh, he did not try to escape the cross in the end he was willing to be to be nailed like Jesus was so we can see the difference in uh, the attitude of a person who is living willing to follow Jesus and those who are not by looking at Peter and uh, the man with the great wealth. Verse 29, Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. So the focus is not on how much you have given up, how much you have uh, forsaken, but where your focus is should be to follow Jesus, to focus on Jesus. and as a disciple as soon as we lose sight of Jesus it means we lose sight of it means we lose everything because all we had was Jesus so I'm going to end the sermon with uh, my story I only have a couple weeks left before I have to go to Gwangju around a month I want to tell you the the, the times of hardships that I had to endure through uh, during my stay in this church. There were many instances.
0: And
1: the thing that I told myself during those times was uh, I have to leave this church, which is something that I'm, I'm sure all of us have uh, can relate to. And one one time I was uh really, really oppressed by those who were, were, were studying to get their PhDs and writing these their, their papers. Because I felt like I was not worthy to to be a companion to them, even though they have achieved so much already as uh, as as pastors and as uh, doctors. And so I, I decided to leave the church once all the all the all the professors all the doctors have come back after getting their degrees but later the Lord showed me that that was not right that our glory our worth is not dependent upon the things that we we have achieved on this earth but within our identity before God and His calling for us is to, to come to be in this church to enjoy one another to enjoy God and to uh, experience his glory. So when people heard that I was going to Kwangshu so that I would be building a church there, um, they, 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 I guess, complimented me, saying it must, it must be nice to, to finally have your own church. Yeah. But um, that, that is not really important for me
0: during a pastor's conference when Pastor Kim was
1: preaching on uh, the book of Timothy he he talked about being uh, spiritual descendants spiritual sons to your head pastors spiritual offsprings of your head pastors and that's when I confessed to the Lord saying Lord I'm willing to become that spiritual offspring of Pastor Kim I'm willing to go anywhere that you, you lead me to help me to become a being before you. And that is still my dream. And in this whole process, I know that God is training me to become that kind of servant. And I, I truly dream of a day where I can, where when Pastor Kim is holding a conference in, in uh, Southern America, I will be able to hold a conference in somewhere in Asia simultaneously. And I wish all the other uh, pastors and all the other leaders and the members of our church will be able to do that so that we can hold simultaneous conferences all around the world, wherever it is needed. And in this whole process of, of, of building a church in Guangzhou, uh, as you know, right now, our church is going through a tough period uh, financially and also uh with all the sick people.
0: Uh,
1: My wife was concerned whether or not this was the right time to leave the church. But uh, when we prayed about it, we realized that um, it is much better for us to, to follow the Lord's will, to build this church, in the midst of these hardships because that is the will of God and because we have to become companions of Pastor Kim. Just like how Peter was willing to once again follow Jesus and went went to Rome. We also have to prepare for the Lord's kingdom because it is coming to us very rapidly.
0: <laughs>
1: Mr. We'll fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, home's brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields along with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life.
0: <laughs> so is this
1: is this really a blessing? Do you really want to receive a hundred times more than your, your brothers or your mothers? Oh, like I said before, I complained about all the all the holidays in this month because Children's Day and Parents' Day is so close together. I have to care for the kids and I also have to care for my parents. Uh, not too far off from Children's Day.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, whilst I was preparing, my children came. To me with presents and, and letters saying thank you for, for caring for me, thank you for taking care of me. And as soon as my, my wife saw that, she told me to repent. So I'm very thankful to be in this church. And one of the topics of gratitude is I'm very thankful to Pastor Kim because he has given us life. He has given us the truth. And uh, after my pastoral ordination, this is the first church that I have been uh, that I have come to. It is my first mission field.
0: And
1: to somebody who knew nothing of the word of God, who knew nothing of the kingdom of God back then, Pastor Kim has allowed me to see his kingdom. Even though I was a U.S. Marine, my, my, my soul is, very, uh, is a very kindred spirit, it's very timid and shy. But through my training in this church and th- through the help of Pastor Kim, I have been strengthened and, and empowered as like a warrior. So that's why I'm very thankful to Pastor Kim. And another person that I want to thank is Mrs. Kim. I received a lot of love from Mrs. Kim. Mrs. Kim always said that we belong in the same family because we have the same surname. Maybe it's because of that, but, but Mrs. Kim always poured her love upon me and my family. And the reason why she serves us and she cares for us is because we are the next generation of pastors and leaders. Trained me to. He always um 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 <laughs> he trained me very harshly <laughs> to 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 strengthen me. But Mrs Kim was always uh, the one who would 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 come to me softly and and comfort me, encourage me behind the scenes. So that's why I think them both. And I want to thank all uh, my my associate pastors. We have gone through a lot together. And we have cleaned a lot together. Um, uh, We have helped with the construction of uh, the building next door. Anyways, we have gone through a lot together. And it was good times. So I have no doubt that... The, the, the that, not,
0: that, not, that
1: so I'm very happy to go so to Gwangju to, 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 to build my own church and, and I'm very thankful that God is pouring His, uh, His anointing, His Word, and His fire upon us. But the one thing that seems a little lacking is these, these companions that I have in this church. If I go there, then I will be all by myself, without these companions who I can laugh and cry with.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: while I was fasting during my fa- fa- 40, 40 days fast, uh, we had a conference in the Grace Baptist Prayer Mountain. and. I was crying because I was in pain and my wife was crying for me because I was in pain and Mrs. Kim came and just cried with us because we were in pain. And one concern that I had with going to Kwangju was that Reverend mm. Church has a reputation for being a very powerful church. That uh, people say that all the church, each individual church member is excellent and very talented and spiritually great in that church. And so I was afraid to to disappoint them when they listened to my sermon. But when I when I talk to them they came to me and said, Pastor, we have been praying for you. We have been praying for you and waiting for you patiently. So no matter what you speak uh, uh, on Sunday, it's going to be great. And so I, I was very comforted by those words. And so that's why I am thankful for this church, thankful for this family and uh, over the past few conferences uh, many times Pastor Kim invited the pastors to come to the front on the stage to, so that he can pray for them and when the glory of God is very great uh, in that conference he would always question me saying oh the glory and the presence of God is so great here are you still willing to go to Gwangju to build this church but I answered him saying I'm willing to become I'm willing to go because the Lord wants to expand this church to expand the area where He can pour this presence pour this glory upon it. And because we are children of God because we are His heirs along with it comes these persecutions. And because I have seen the Lord's glory because I, I have encountered God here because I've eaten the truth here even if I am to leave this church building to build another church it does not mean that I'm leaving this church but it means that I'm broadening the the, 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 the surface area of this church verse 30 says and in the age to come eternal life uh, While I was preparing to, to go to Gwangju, I prayed to God saying, Lord, would you help me see the glory of the church, see the glory of your kingdom like Pastor King. And for us to receive eternal life means nothing else but to continue to seek this glory, to continue to look in the direction of his kingdom, because he is the one that will teach us his ways so that we can become like him. Lastly, verse 31, But many who are first will be last, and the last first. Jesus said to His disciples, Even, even though you have given up everything to follow Me, that does not become your, your righteousness.
2: So, uh, and, and Amen. God will continue
1: to say oh, you you are my crowned heirs you are my children but we have to respond to him saying Lord no you Amen. should receive the crown and return all the glory back to him Amen. so in the same way Jesus is saying to this, um, this man wealthy man he's saying all this you have accumulated does not become your righteousness so give it up to follow me Let's sing a song uh, before we pray.
0: All
1: the pain, all the harshness, all the distress that we feel in our lifetime. All this is done through the goodness of God. Do you acknowledge that? Because God is good, you have to acknowledge this. Because all of this w- was given to us through the love of Jesus Christ, who came upon this world for us. The God was willing willing to give up him, give up His Son for us has allowed this time to come upon us because it is a result of His love, it's a result of His goodness. So Lord, we want to once again... We want to once again acknowledge that You are the standard for goodness. Only You are righteous, only You are good. So Lord, we want to nail our to the cross with You once again. Help us to see Your love. Help us to, help us to see Your compassion and mercy. the reason why we confess to you today is not because our situation has gotten better or something good has happened to us but because we're willing to partake in the suffering that you have received. Even though we're in the midst of distress, even though nothing has changed in the situation, we're willing to come before you because we acknowledge, we proclaim that you are righteous, that you are good. Even if I'm unable to escape this distress that I'm experiencing today, it doesn't matter because it is given to me by you. And we believe your faithfulness, you for with believers Father, now you have opened up the doors of uh, the overseas conferences to us once again. So, Lord, would you pour your, your your power, your authority, your anointing upon us and help us to stay alert, stay vigilant in our prayer life so that we can uphold this ministry of ministering the, the remnants of the world. But we know that this is our responsibility and also our blessing. Lord, we know that you have prepared everything beforehand for us already and our victory is already decided within you. So, Lord, would you pour the the anointing of prayer upon us. Lord, help us to enter into your glory, enter into the throne, uh, come before the throne of grace every time we kneel down to pray before you. Let's pray. Lord, would you renew this community and help us to stay within your presence as we stay alert in prayer we're going to hold conferences that are that to seek out all the remaining remnants of the world and we know with that comes a lot of spiritual pressure from the enemy but we will not a bat, we will not bat an eye to the enemy because we know our victory lies within you and with that hope we can run towards this goal help us to enter into your new glory Lord, we know that our destiny, our responsibility is to seek out all your remnants which help us in this ministry. We bless the offering lifted today.
0: Lord, we know that
1: uh, nothing of the world can be, c- become sustenance for us. We know that all the things that give us life come from you. Let us know that you are uh, never never trying well. Would you bless this time with your abundance? Lord God, we thank you. Open up the doors of heaven. Now by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church, and through the holy love of the Father and the indwelling, comforting, fulfilling work of the Holy Spirit to the saints who are willing to live, by your kingdom, be, let it be upon their families, upon their churches, upon their children, upon their inheritance, upon their businesses, upon their ministry, upon your bank church. May this blessing rest from now until forevermore. Amen.